Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Air Power Hour. Tech Sergeant Check here, the host. And on this very special episode, I had the honor of sitting down with one of the most beloved leaders in Air Force history. As the 18th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Khalith Wright set out to make significant changes in the Air Force enterprise, which drew the approval and admiration of many enlisted members. So much so that Khalith's nickname among a lot of the members in the Air Force was Enlisted Jesus. It wasn't just a change from our gray, boring airman battle uniform to the more functional OCP uniforms that we wear to this day, or the multitude of other changes his team made, but it was the people-first mentality he used to raise morale across the entire United States Air Force. Khalith discusses how he is a forever learner and is continually learning new leadership and life tools to this day. With almost 32 years of dedicated service to the Air Force, and three more as the CEO of the Air Force Aid Society, Khalith Wright is truly one of the greatest leaders we have ever had. But, without further ado, the one, the only, Mr. Khalith Wright. To all units, proceed to your post assignment. To all units, proceed to your post assignment. Welcome to the Air Power Hour. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the next episode of the Air Power Hour. And today, I am very excited. I am joined by uh, one of the greats, in my opinion, and I am absolutely honored and humbled to be sitting down with the 18th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force and retired, love and retired life, Mr. Khalith Wright also known as K-Wright, which we will go by in this. So K-Wright, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. Hey, man. Thank you for the invite, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure you've uh, kind of got an idea of what we do here, and, and basically the idea of the Air Power Hours is to hear your story. Uh, I know you, you served a very long, faithful uh, 31 years in the Air Force, and uh, – you know, the, the podcast here is just to, to hear that story and, and uh, have you tell it. Uh, so we'll start right from the beginning. Uh, where were you originally from and, and when did you decide that the Air Force was going to be something that you wanted to do? Well, hey, let, first, man, let me say, uh, dude, I'm, I'm loving the beard. Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I love it. Uh, I, I mean, may, maybe we can talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, I did a, a complete 180 um, beards, uh, since I got out, man, I, I really wish I would have, uh, focused and, and had the attention that the team that's working on that stuff. Now, I wish they would have provided me that level of detail and, and, and data. And, uh, I would have, I would have got us beards. Man, oh, but, uh, oh. I, I just want, I just wanted to mention that. Oh, I so, appreciate so anyway, that. anyway, so I grew up in Columbus, Georgia, uh, military town, my father was in the army just for a short period of time. So I wasn't a military brat or anything. He, he got out way, way before I was born, but I did have some interaction with uh, the soldiers at Fort Bragg, which by the way is one of the bases that, I mean, at Fort Benning, I'm sorry, is one of the bases that's being uh, renamed. I just saw oh, wow. the list. Um, it's one of the bases that's named after Confederate generals or colonels or whatever uh. it's being renamed. But, so anyway, yeah, man, I used to hang out on Fort Benning, play basketball, get in little scuffles with soldiers. Uh, I used to sneak in the NCO club when I was like 15, 16 years old. <laughs> um, 
And, and so, you know, I never really thought about joining the military. I never really wanted to be in the military. When I took the ASVAB in high school, um, I didn't, I didn't think I was joining, but it was, it was a day out of class. So, you know, yeah. I was basically circling bubbles <laughs> and, and whatnot. I knew, I knew I was good at a little bit good at math. I was good at the English and, and all that stuff. But I tell you what I wasn't good at, man, is the uh, mechanical stuff. It was confusing the shit to me. So yeah. uh, I knew I wasn't going to be a maintainer or anything, but. So anyway, you know, long story short, man, I, I didn't plan on joining. And then at, at some point, you know, I went off to college, uh, didn't work out very, very short period of time, come back home. And, you know, uh, I just joined on a whim. I, I don't know that there was any particular thing. I just knew I wanted to get away from home. Yeah. And uh, I had a I had an Air Force recruiter card in my wallet that magically appeared one day. And I looked at it and was like, oh, shit, I'll just join here. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I, and, you know when we, we sit down and speak with everybody, we were trying to get this, like, Oh, there was this higher calling and, and, you know, this thing that just came to me someday. And, and sometimes that's just not the case, you know? And, and I was in the same boat. I just wanted to get out of the situation that I was in and leave, leave the, the home area that everybody was seemed to be stuck in. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And, and then when you yeah, have yeah. people okay, nope. like leaders, like, you know, that they ask you, why, why did you decide to join the Air Force? And you, and you want to say something grandiose and, and, and amazing. You're just like, well, education, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Not me, man. I didn't want to say anything grandiose. I'd say I always just said exactly what it is. Hey, you know, and I, I wasn't in that category of join the military or go to jail. But uh, it was jail in my mind if I didn't get get out of Columbus. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. So now what made you decide to join the Air Force? You said that uh, a a recruiter's card magically appeared in your wallet. But uh, was there an, other influences that that kind of pushed you in that direction? Not at all, man. I, I didn't really know anybody in the Air Force. My I had an older sister who was thinking about joining one time. She chickened out at the you know, at some point uh, that that might have been my first introduction. I had never even seen an Air Force person or commercial. I, I didn't know. The, I didn't know the first thing about uh, about the Air Force man. But uh, when I saw this card, I just thought, okay, well, well, maybe. I, I, and I wasn't thinking. You know, I was eighteen or maybe nineteen, and I was. You know, it was, I wasn't thinking divine intervention. I. Was, I mean, my again, my sole purpose was I cannot stay here. Yeah and smoke and drink and just act an ass like I've been doing all through high school. Yeah. Uh, and so there, there wasn't, I mean, I wish there was a better story, but there just wasn't really much to it. Really. That's uh, the, uh, you know, the story is, is everything that comes afterwards. So, um, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. um, all, many of us believe that you made the right choice by, by joining the air force. Um, and, how was it going to basic training? I mean, that must have been a complete kind of change of lifestyle for you. And and what was your thought process going down to San Antonio to do that? You know, I was pretty I was pretty numb. I, uh, I had a little snafu. OK, so I just kind of established I didn't know nothing about the Air Force. So when I finished MEPS, I don't know if it was a recruiter or a, or an MTI was was there that met me and the other people that were getting ready to get on the plane go to San Antonio and they asked me uh, what my name was and I said Khalid Wright and uh, he was like no what's what's your name now I was like Khalid Wright <laughs> my yeah. and uh, he said no son what is your name I was like oh okay I got it, I got it, I got it private Khalid Wright. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, dude, when she cursed me out, man, it was like, it's airmen. What do you, do you not even know what service you're doing? And I was like, ah, okay. I never, I never really heard of that. Man. So, so clearly I wasn't paying attention to anything. The recruiter was telling me, man, I was just trying to get out of town. Yeah. And uh, so when I got to basic training, you know, it was a, a little bit of a shell shock, but I grew up in a pretty rough um, area. I grew up, you know, being fussed at and cussed out and, and, and getting whoopings all the time. We didn't call them spankings. It was a whooping. <laughs> uh, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the yelling and the, and the structure and all that was a little bit different, but it was, but it was fine. So when I got to basic training, um, the, the, the dorm chief, uh, we had about five dorm chiefs in the first five days, they all got fired. And, and then I, I, I got hired as a dorm chief and, you know, I'm assuming like, okay, I'll, I'll do this for a day and then yeah. on to the next person. Uh, but I lasted the whole time, man. Nice. You know, I, I, I was, I, I did pretty good. Uh, had a little, a, a little, a few scuffles with some of my, uh, flight mates and, but I got along really well with our, our, uh, TI and, and uh, that was kind of my first introduction to leadership in the military is you know, being a dorm chief and working my way through some of the challenges. Yeah, I was going to say, was that kind of like a like the light bulb went off your head? Like, I think I could probably, you know, if I get the opportunity, you know, this this leadership thing is kind of cool. I, I, could, I can dig that. Yeah, yeah, it actually was, man. It was it was, uh, of course, you know, I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but, um, you know, I was able to keep keep us afloat. And, and uh, shit, I don't remember if we won honor flight or any of that stuff. Or not, but uh, I know I made it to the end when when four of the guys, four or five other guys, got fired after one. Yeah, day. yeah, for sure. Yeah, you did it. Uh, so yeah. once you completed basic training, what was the next thing? What, did you? What was your job? Initial job in the Air Force? So my initial job in the Air Force was a dental assistant. Um, so you know when I left basic training because I wanted to leave so early, I didn't have a a guaranteed job. And uh, so the recruiter just told me, hey, when you get the basic training, they'll they'll find a job for you. And I'm like, OK. And I disqualified myself from from quite a few jobs because and I don't know how it is today. But back then they asked me if I'd uh, uh, done any drugs or smoked any weed in the last 30 days. And and I had I mean, I had smoked a lot, actually. And uh, and I'm like, man, if I am, if is he asking me so he can disqualify me? Or should I just, you know, be truthful? Because if I lie and get caught, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to stay in. So, so you know, I told I told him the truth. And, and so he starts rallying off. You can't be a cop. You can't be this. You can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Just, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll take whatever. And uh, and I think I listed a bunch of medical stuff in there. You know, a bunch of my, my mom was kind of a home health care nurse. Okay. And, and uh, so I was kind of a bit familiar with a little bit of medical stuff. Yeah. And so we get to the, I get to the end of basic training, man. They said, all right, you're going to be a dental assistant specialist. And I'm like, okay, well, what's that? I, you know, I, I think I went to the dentist maybe one time <laughs> my whole life, man, growing up. And, and uh, but so, you know, I became a, a dental assistant, went to tech school. And, you know, it was pretty fun, man. Tech school was kind of like being back in college to me. Yeah. You know, I went to tech school at Shepherd Club Med, I, I think they used to call it. You know, I spent more time drinking and playing basketball <laughs> than I did, uh, you know, focusing on school. So I had a really good time. There was there was a lot of girls. So it was, I was like, OK, this, yeah. this can't be too bad. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I spent most of my, my career, the you know, first 20 years, at least as a as a dental assistant with a short break as a PME instructor. Nice. 
And did you enjoy being a dental assistant when you were, were doing it um, as your primary AFSE? I didn't really enjoy the work. Uh, you know, I'm not really that good at that detail oriented work yeah. like like that. And plus, you know, it's looking in people's mouth, you know, all that type mm. of stuff, right? So I, I can't say that I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the environment, though. Yeah, it, it, it was a good environment. All my assignments, man, I had a lot of great uh, people around me. I had a lot of great mentors. I had a lot of great, uh, you know, teammates. I had a lot of great um, uh, folks that I consider like my Air Force sons and daughters. Yeah. And, and uh, so I enjoyed the environment. I can't say that I enjoyed the work. And plus, I wasn't that good at it, to be <laughs> perfectly honest. <laughs> and now you said you did PME instructor. What was what was it for? Was it a, uh, Airman no, Leadership? NCO Academy. Oh, NCO Academy. Yeah, awesome. So, NCO Academy. Yeah, I was a PME instructor at uh, Kisling uh, over in uh, Germany, Capone Air Station, Germany. Okay, awesome. Now yeah. you start, you're doing, you're doing the dental assistant, um, the work and the PME. When did that kind of switch in your head or, or did something happen where you're like, you know, I feel like I could take this to the next level and I could be the voice of the, you know, the people in the Air Force and, and, and take on that leadership role? Uh, I don't know if there was a, a single moment there was a few moments you know you probably uh you know people have probably heard my story how when i first came in man i i, I considered myself a bit of a menace to society right so I, I wasn't really focused or dedicated on my career or being a professional I, you know i was drinking playing ball and just trying to have a good time i, I didn't really have any plan for my career um and then I, you know, I, my my mentor Joe Wimbush, he he got me kind of turned around through an, an experience with the base honor guard, and and so that was probably as a young senior airman was the first time I thought to myself, you know what, I don't really know what a chief is or what a chief does, but they look like they're in charge, and that's 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 going to be me one day. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I I kind of cleaned my act up, man. I started going to school, I started winning some awards, I started taking my job a little bit more, more. Um, serious. And so that was kind of really the, the introduction, I, I guess, to me saying, okay, I think I can be somebody in the Air Force. And again, I didn't, I didn't quite know how or what to do, but, but at least internally I started yeah. think, thinking that, you know, Hey, this, this could, this could work out for me. Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so now I know that you've done a, after your I mean, so you said you did dental assistant for 20 years, a little break in between, but you have a over 30 year career. Um, what happened after those 20 years? What did you transition to start doing? Yeah. So after when I first made chief at about right at around 20 years, uh, my first uh, chief job was the dental superintendent over at Kadena. You know, pretty big, one of the largest dental clinics, I think, in the Air Force. Uh, but it was actually my, oh, oh, son, it was actually my fourth superintendent job, wow. though, right? All, all the rest of them I had done as a master sergeant, senior master sergeant. Um, so, you know, I was, you know, I, I knew exactly. I was kind of cooking with hot grease by then, <laughs> man. And, uh, but, but I transit, I was able to transition from the dental clinic to the mission support group, which, okay. which was, unheard of then i think quite a few people have done it now but but uh but uh uh which is also one of the largest msgs in the in the, in the air force and so that was kind of the my introduction into leadership and life outside of the medical 
community. PME was was really my introduction, but in terms of you know operationally being able to do something that that was outside of uh, the medical career field, and then from there, man, I I started getting command chief jobs, and, and then one day I woke up and I was the damn chief master under air force. Right? <laughs> so so just a, a, a ton of leadership opportunities between year 20 and 31, almost, actually almost 32. I was about four months wow. just shy of the 32 years. Dang. So I just graduated with my bachelor's degree in, uh, in leadership uh, with a concentration in interdisciplinary studies. So I, because I just love that. Um, I love the idea of, of strong leadership and, and being able to help people be successful. Um, what kind of things did you do to kind of hone your leadership skills? Yeah, man, I, I think maybe since I was a, uh, as a, since I was a kid, but certainly since I joined the Air Force, man, I just have always been fascinated with leadership and leadership concepts, leadership principles. You know, I read a ton of books. Um, you know, we didn't have YouTube and all of that back then, and podcasts. But you know, I, I'm a I'm a huge podcast guy now. Uh, I still read a lot. Uh, I read a lot of magazine articles, Harvard Business Review. I subscribe to like the Daily Coach and and uh, you know uh, Adam Grant and and a few other folks where I get all these leadership tidbits and stuff every day that I that I try to take and apply to you know what I'm what I'm actually doing. But uh, so yeah, I, I got my education in business management. Um, then I got an MBA. You know there was kind of leadership in, intertwined and in, in all that type of stuff. Uh, but a lot of it, man, was just experience. And, and I tell you what, my teaching PME, teaching leadership management and communication was a big, was a big thing, yeah. right? Because, you know, I learned all this stuff about leadership. And then when I first left PME, I was like, well, let me see if this actually works. Because it's, you know, it's one thing to stand up there and teach it and you should do this and you should do that. And uh, so I went back, man, I probably went a little bit overboard because I took a lot of the POA stuff with me. You know, I went, I show up at my first assignment as a master sergeant superintendent, and uh, we doing open ranks and uniform inspections <laughs> and shit, man, in the, in the middle of the dental clinic. <laughs> oh, wow. They're like, well, what and, uh, is this guy doing? <laughs> and uh, we, I had, I had the team out uh, doing PT, singing Jody's and all that other <laughs> stuff, man. But, but, uh, but it, you know, it was tried and true, man. And not all of it worked and it didn't, you know, it didn't, obviously it didn't work as packaged, right. You know, you can't just take the stuff from the classroom. Yeah. And, okay. Step one, two, three, but, but just the, the amount of things that I learned, not just from the, the curriculum, but from the students, which was a big thing, right. Because listening to students stories from all different backgrounds was very helpful. So yeah, I, I think I just, you know, I've always been, and I've, decided that I'm going to be a lifelong learner, right? I, I, I never have enough information, data, enough books. You know, I've got a book I'm going to read mail to a friend right now, man, The Power of Moments. Nice. Uh, i got a book shelf full of books. i got an Audible app full of books. I, you know, it's... Uh, and so congratulations to you, man, on, on getting your bachelor's oh, degree. thank you. And I would just encourage you to, you know, keep, keep learning, keep growing, man. You can never know enough. I learned a lot from mentors. I learned a lot from watching good leaders. I learned a lot from watching bad leaders. And so I'm just kind of always learning and growing. As a matter of fact, every time I go, almost every experience that I have. So I was, I was in a, in a restaurant in, in Atlanta this past weekend, I was down there playing some golf with my fraternity brothers. And, and, you know, this restaurant was held. It's got all these five stars. And, and, um, 
And so first thing I, I show up and they're supposed to open at 11, but they don't open at 12. Mm. All right. No problem. The sign on the door still says 11. And so there's a bunch of people gra- um, crowding around and some the security guy comes out and was like, hey, we don't open at 12. Right? I'm like, ah, <laughs> all right. So we go in. Once they do finally open, uh, the people are just the, the staff is milling around and not set up. You know, things are not. You know, uh, the security guard is the very first person you interact with. And man, he's a just uh, he's a a-hole, right? This, yeah. this dude, I'm like, and, I, and, and so I immediately think. Attitude reflects leadership. This place is poorly led. Right. Yep. I didn't I didn't blame any of the employees or, or anything. This this is a management issue, at least in my mind. Yeah. So I, I just say that to say, man, that I, I see almost all things through that leadership lens. Right. When I walk into a great organization, I think, yep, I bet this place is, is very well. Led. It's got a great leader, you know, people of character and so on and so forth. Yeah. So now when you're tapped to become the 18th chief master sergeant of the Air Force, what kind of. Uh, thought process is going through your head at that point. I mean, being the senior enlisted leader uh, for the United States Air Force, that's got to be wild to 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 have that responsibility. Um, so what was going through your head when that when that happened? So, you know, by that time, man, I had been a command chief at an air refueling wing. I had been a command chief. I was a senior command chief for all of Afghanistan uh, for third Air Force, USAFE. You know, so I was kind of accustomed to having big jobs, being in the sphere. I had worked for several GOs by, by this time. Um, I had worked with the chief master in the Air Force and all the MAGCOM chiefs. You know, I had I had done a lot of international work, uh, both in in the Pacific and in, in Europe and in Afghanistan. Right. So in terms of my readiness or how ready I felt Honestly, uh, Lee, it was like, all right, you got the job now, man. Let's get to work. Yeah. Right? I didn't have any anxiety. I didn't have any, like, I wasn't nervous or anything. It was just like, all right, you've been talking shit about if you ever, now, now you got it. Let's, let's go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a few, you know, thoughts about first and foremost, I got to get the right team. Uh, I knew I had a great boss, which was a huge, huge plus. Uh, you know, funny story, man, before when they first told me I was going to compete, I'm going to tell you what I honestly thought. I was like, man, we ain't had a black dude in like 50 years. I'm just a token. I know they just, it's like Mm. the Rooney rule, right? They got to interview a black guy and I, you know, whatever. And so I I didn't really take it that serious because I, I I think I, there was, there was two or three people that I thought was, would actually, that everybody actually thought was going to get the job. And I was, I was a relative, you know, unknown to, to be honest. And then um, probably a week, once I got the phone call from General Goldfein's office saying, hey, he wants you to come to D.C. and interview, I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, they put me in the game, man. I'm taking the shot. They, <laughs> like, he's going to have to try. He's going to have to work real hard not to pick me. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, I, I started preparing. And then I show up in, here in D.C., man. I'm staying in a hotel. I got my little notebook with my you know goals that I write down every day and at the very top this is before the interview at the very top of this this book for that day I write I'm about to be the mother father 
chief master sergeant of the Air Force. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I wrote, I was like, he's got a manifest it, man. Yeah. And then I showed up for the interview and man, we just clicked. Like it was, it was like, just like me and you talking, right? We were just talking about life, leadership, books. That's we were awesome. laughing, joking. They, like his, his enlisted aide had to break it up. He's like, all right, man, like, <laughs> y'all like 30 minutes over. You got to, wow. you got, he's got other interviews. That's and awesome. So when I, when I left his house, I told my wife at the time, I'm like, yeah, pack, let pack your stuff, man. We about to move to DC. This, yeah, it's he, over. you know, he, he didn't tell me or anything. I was like, I just had that feeling like, yeah, this this is it. So, you know, and that was that was it was a bit cocky, a bit arrogant, but I just felt like confidence. You know, sometimes you just you just know it, man. Yeah. It's you know. Yeah. I've I've had that experience before. And I and I I attribute <laughs> a lot of it to recruiting and the the ability to sell myself, you know, and, and speak with mm -hmm. conviction and and I, I I returned to force and went back to air transportation for four years before I came back to recruiting, but I had a mm -hmm an interview for the NCOIC of the command section at my squadron. I sat down and it's kind of that same mind frame. Like, you know, I, I got this, like I, I'm, I might yeah. as well just go back to my old section and pack up my stuff and come back because, <laughs> you know, it, you know, speaking with confidence and, 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 and manifesting that is really, it's, it, it's something, man. It, it changes your mind frame for sure. Um, kind of puts yeah, you on the yeah. right. Positive and, and, you path. Know, I think Lee, so the other thing, man, that it allows you to relax too, right? Because yes. when you when you decide that you're going to get something or do something, you know, you know, you no longer have that that kind of trepidation that you know that timid that being timid. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't want to say the wrong thing. You're just like, hey, man, here's what we're doing. This is what. Yeah, let's go. This is how we're gonna roll, and you know, yeah. Uh, I, and I even, you know, I I tried a little bit to. You know, I went in there, man, talking about some national defense strategy and all that. And he was like, yeah, man, the problem is, you know, nobody really read that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, he's not I, wrong. I was like, I was like, man, this dude is super cool, man. He, he, man, he's so cool, man. He came he came up here to visit for some other business. And uh, we hung out, man, one night and uh, we smoked and drank like we, we, we normally do. Smoked a cigar, had some bourbon. Then we played golf the next day. Oh, yeah. And, uh, then he came by my house. I threw some steaks on the grill, and, and uh, we just we just had a good time, man. So he's he's, he's like a brother to me, man. Yeah. we were really really close. Yeah, that's got that's got to be great for the working environment, uh, you know, to, to be paired, oh, yeah. with, paired yeah. with him for three years and just know that you guys, it's like it's like your ride or die. Yeah, it was dope, man. Yeah, yeah. So I have to I have to ask you. You got you've had nicknames. All right. One of the nicknames for you, K. Wright, was Enlisted Jesus. Enlisted what is your, what, what do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> well, i tell you what, man. I was very, when I first heard it, I, I laughed at first when I saw that first <laughs> meme. Uh, but I, I've always been very, very, very humbled by the, the idea that somebody would think you know, that highly of what we were doing for the Air Force. Um, I recognize early that some people might be offended by it because of the religious connotation or, you know, whatever. And I, I was fine with that. I just told my team, um, let's you, allow people to have fun and do whatever they want to do because it could be a lot worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a there was a guy before me that, you know, <laughs> 
that's been called a lot worse, right? So, um, so I so I said, hey man, don't don't try to squash it or anything. Let them have their fun. We won't promote it, right? Sure. You won't see us with any enlisted Jesus yeah. you know, memes or pushing anything out. But but I thought it was fun, man. It was interesting. You know, the first couple of memes, it was, you know, the, the head was kind of crooked. You could tell <laughs> like it was a little amateurish and the hands were still white. Yeah. And then after a while, I was like, man, these things are pretty. These guys are good, man. They're good. And, uh, you know, I would send them to my mom and everything, man. It was it was. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was very humbly, man. I, I didn't mind it at all, man. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's it's really. It's a I don't know. I personally would just be so honored to have the backing of, of the people that you the work that you work for and you did i mean man i i didn't um ever think that i'd have the opportunity to sit down and speak with you one-on-one but just when you were there and i was in it and you know the changes that you made uh, that we could see all the way down to the operational level which was huge and i think that was kind of one of the things is that you had the backing of the airmen um because of the changes that you that you you and your team were making, um, and I can tell you firsthand that we appreciated that, and uh, that's just got to be a really great feeling to to see that, you know, when you came in, you were like, I'm gonna, I'm I'm not missing a beat. I'm jumping right in. I'm getting to work, and I'm gonna use these three years to uh, to make some real changes, and you did. So uh, that's got to be a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, it, I appreciate it, man. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, I felt like we got a lot of things done. Um, you know, honestly, I, I, I can't remember too much of the stuff, right? The, the, the policies and stuff, because I just, you know, I changed some of the stuff that the guys before me did. And some of the Joe probably changed some of the stuff that I did. And, you know, that's just a never ending cycle yeah. of stuff, right? You can never get that all right. So I tried to focus a lot on the, the issues that affected people the most. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I really have the fondest memories of is, you know, stuff like this, man, you know, young, young folks that I've met and I still have relationships with that I still talk to, that I still text back and forth. Or whenever I'm in their city, man, we, we catch up for coffee or lunch or a cigar. And, yeah. and um, you know, I really felt that connection to the people in the Air Force. You know, I, I, I knew I couldn't help every single individual uh, airman, but I damn sure tried, man. It was, yeah. you know, it was fun just just, uh, you know, having a positive impact on people's lives. I remember because I remember as a young guy, man, how foreign it was to talk to or interact with a with a chief, any chief, not certainly not chief, not the Air Force in a human way. Right. Where you, you could sit like this and just kind of talk and not have that barrier of rank and position yes. and all that other stuff. And so I, I, I never wanted to have that. And it's, it's so counter to military culture, right? But, you know, I, I used to make people call me K Wright even when I was in. And I certainly, <laughs> like, you call me Chief now, man. I'll just hang this damn phone up. Yeah, right for there. real. Um, but so, you know, I just always. I remember that and I never wanted to be the type of person. I never wanted anybody around me, my team to be the type of people that had these layers or these barriers to, you know, what I would consider humanity. And so I, I just love, man, going out and being out with people and, and having people, which was, it was really weird, right? That people could just text or Facebook message, you know, the chief master in the airport, yeah. like a lot of leaders didn't like it. 
But I was like, man, the old days of you tell your chief and then they tell the wing chief and then they tell the nav chief and then they tell. It's like, man, nobody got time for that, man. Yeah. So what, t- tell me what we need to work on. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That's that's a new day and age. You know, you can just hop on and and that's kind of it's like direct communication. So uh, using mm-hmm. that to your advantage to to hear from the the people that you know are doing the work. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with Reddit? I I am. Uh, I don't. I'm not on Reddit, but my wife does a lot of Reddit. Yeah. So your wife probably knows, man. There's like the deep dark Air Force in 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 some parts of Reddit, right? So, like, if you really want to know how people feel, go go to Reddit. Yeah. Right? And uh, so my 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 PA guy would tell me, like, man, the guys are in Reddit, man. They they're angry. They like this crazy day. and i was like well okay man why don't you reach out to them the worst ones whoever you think are the worst ones who just like got the worst criticism reach out to them and tell them to come to the pentagon wow and so we we found 10 uh, 10 people man and you know if you if you watching them right you would think like man he's like ted bunny he's like serial killers man. yeah These dudes are like way out there girls too right but then they got to my office, man. So I, we paid for them to all come to my office in the Pentagon wow. and we sat around the table and I was like, all right, so I understand you guys got some good ideas. You got some issues with some things we're doing. Tell me, tell me how to fix it. Like, tell me what, what we need to do. And, you know, of course, initially it was like, uh, yeah. and then, you know, so we talked for a little while and, and then I started leaning on them, man, you know, all throughout my, my time, uh, you know, I reach out to those folks cause I knew they had the ear of, of a lot of people and, and so I think to me, that was a big part of, you know, handling social media and stuff is, I, you know, like, like I, I leaned into the negativity uh, just as much as I did the positivity. Right. Yeah. I, I can get beyond how you say it. Right. You might say something that that initially when I read it, I'm like, hey, man, who the hell you think you're talking to? But, <laughs> all right, I can get I can get past that. Uh, cause that's actually a good idea. That's a good point. We should, we should fix it. Yeah. So you're retired now. Uh, you've faithfully served almost 32 years. Uh, what, yeah. what are you up to now besides, uh, you know, working on the golf swing, which summer is coming up. So on the golf hey, swing. Uh, Dude, I just got me a new, uh, a new electric golf cart. I got, I just got in the mail yesterday. Right. Really? And, uh, it's the kind that you, it follows you. You just put the thing on your belt. No way. Just, so you so just anyway, walk and it follows uh, behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so right now, man, actually I'm in my office over in Crystal City, uh, right not too far from the Pentagon. Uh, so I'm the CEO of Air Force A Society. So still get to help airmen and guardians and their families. Uh, that's been great. I've been doing that for almost three years now. Wow. And, uh, you know, things, things are going, going really well, man. We've made, it's kind of same as in the, in the air force, man. I, I feel like we've made some, some really, uh, important and critical changes to, to make sure that when something happens, when you or one of your teammates, man, find themselves in financial trouble. One of the first things I did was, Hey, let's get rid of the judgment. Right. We, yeah. It, it's, we don't get to judge people. Like I, I was one of those airmen that. I was always out of money, always, you know, in the red and, and messing up. So, and some of it was my fault and some of it was, you know, circumstance and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, we've made a lot of good strides, man. So I'm excited about, uh, about, about, you know, the job. And then I kind of got my own business, man. I, I do 
some uh, executive coaching, speaking, um, some consulting, some board work. I do a little bit of teaching um, at a major university, some kind of adjunct professor stuff. And then, uh, like you said, man, I'm, I still have plenty of time to play golf. And good. Drink bourbon and smoke cigars. So good. life is good, man. Retirement life is good. I'm trying to get my beard a little fuller like yours, man. I, yeah. I, this is a – actually, I just, so I – I've been in for 16, almost 17 years now, and uh-huh. I've been chopping my face up for 16 years. Yeah. Um, just ripping it up, and by Friday, it's killing me. Uh, and I actually went and I saw a dermatologist for a while, and I was just kind of explaining that to my commander, and I have one of the best commanders I've ever had here uh, in Lieutenant Colonel Knight. And she just looked at me, and she said, Sergeant Check, why don't you just get a waiver if it's putting you through that much pain and, you know, irritation, just go talk to your doctor. And I was like, well, ma'am, I, you know, I never really actually thought about it, um, but I did. And I ended up getting a, a shaving waiver. And I mean, I, I feel a million times better now. Yeah. Check. Let me ask you, man, what's, what's been, the, uh, what's been the, the people around you? What's been their reaction when you see, especially people who don't know you, right? When they see you with a beard, what's what's kind of been? To be honest with you, I haven't had much of a reaction. I was kind of worried about that, you know, especially mm-hmm. just being in a geographically separated location. You know, everybody civilian side kind of have this perspective of of what the military's like. And and then I show up and drop my daughter off at school and I'm wearing uniform and I've got a beard. I'm, I was thinking, now oh, I'm going to get like, you know, the sideways looks and like, who is this guy? But really, it hasn't been much. And to be honest with you, the, the, the military members, it's been almost envious. Uh, they're like, oh, wow, look at you. You look good. And, and, uh, yeah. and they're like, how did you do that? And then it's kind of like I'm, I'm becoming more of like the, the influencer, like and saying this is how I did the, the process. If you're going through this, um, don't suffer. And... Um, it's, I've had very good reception so far. Good, man. I appreciate you uh, leading the charge on that, man. That's, again, I, I feel like uh, if I feel like I left anything on the table, man, it's, it, it will be that, man. Uh, I, I I wish, I really wish, there's, there's a couple other issues, but I really wish I would have given that a little bit more, a lot more focused than, than what I, you know, when I was in, man, I would get the occasional at an all call, Hey, can we get beers? I'd be like, man, sit down. We get no beers, yeah. Right? Uh, and then I then I get out, and and now um, this is my own fault, right? Because I, I very well could have had the foresight to ask for this data, right? To ask for the research and the data and yeah. stuff that I eventually got, but I didn't. But but when I got out, the team that's working on it, man, they they sent me all this stuff. I sat down and had several meetings with with, with them, and and I'm like, yeah, this makes perfect sense, man. It makes no sense. Um, and this somehow this, this idea that, that has seeped into the military, that a beard equals unprofessionalism is, yeah. and, and I was one of those dudes, man. I was one of the dudes where check, I wouldn't have hired you to be my exec, man. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have let the commander bring you to the front office. Cause I was, you know, I was the same way I was brainwashed into beards equal unprofessionalism. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just thankful, man, that I was able to to uh, uh, open my eyes and see it in a, in a different place. I'm not sure if 
if the Air Force will ever get to where I think they should be, which is just let men wear beards, right? Like, yeah. You don't need a waiver, just yeah. know, wear, wear a beard. But uh, just because of political reasons and, you know, frankly, you, you know, you've been around long enough, man, there's a there's a racial element to it mm-hmm. uh, as as well. But yeah but I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm excited to see you yeah and i and i think that that they are taking the right steps um you know chief bass uh and, and um and general brown are taking the right steps to destigmatize having a shaving waiver and i think that that is the it you know we can sit here and say, oh, we really want beards, but there's, it's going to be a, a, a lengthy process of steps. And I think that's one of the first ones. Um, they had the uniform board that just came up and they denied beards. And a lot of people, the reception was, oh, well, they just, they're kicking it out. You know, it's done. We're never going to get them. But then Chief Bass came out and, and sent a letter to everybody and explained that their main focus right now is destigmatizing having shaving waivers. Where that thought process, that initial thought process, oh, that guy's unprofessional. Trying to get rid of that and eliminate that. And I think that that's the first step. It might be a small step, but we got to start somewhere. So I'll take that as a W. Yeah. When you see a colonel with a beard, man, you're, you're going to be like, we, we, we there. Yeah. We got right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just got to keep motivating them. I got to keep I got to keep influencing the, the colonels and keep talking to them on the air power yeah. hour. So. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a couple questions before we wrap it up, Kay, right? And um, I ask these questions to every single guest that comes on the podcast. Um, the first the first question is, throughout your storied career um, and even into your uh, retirement, uh, what what is the best piece of advice or mentorship that you received that you took with you and you continue to use? Hmm. The best piece of advice or mentorship that I received was probably 90. Someone once told me that the solution to 90% of your problems are on the other side of the mirror. I like that. And it was it was eye opening for me because when I received this, before I received this advice, I was the it's your fault, check the Air Force's <laughs> fault. It's this person's fault. You know, I, I would never, I was always projecting why I didn't get this promotion, why I didn't win this award, why I'm in such a bad situation. And very rarely did I say, you know, why don't you, why don't you look within and figure out what's going on in your life and what lessons you should be taking away from all of this yeah. to fix some of these problems that you seem to keep having over and over and over again, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're the common denominator to, to these problems. And so I, that stuck with me, man. And now whenever I find myself in a, in a bad situation or disappointed or things not going my way, I, I always ask myself, all right, what's the lesson here, man? What's the universe trying to teach you, right? No need of feeling bad about it. No need of having anxiety or crying or whatever, just... You know, what do you need to do to help get yourself out of this situation or improve uh, life? And so I think that was some really, really sound advice, man. That's been been helpful to me to this day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I we you kind of touched on being a lifelong learner. And and uh, that's really one of the reasons why I asked that question on this podcast to every single guest, because I love hearing uh, different advice from people. And, um, you know, it it's kind of a 
a nice thing for me because I get to take that that information from some of these amazing guests and yeah. but you, uh, get, you get like a little mini phd man from these exactly podcasts. yeah exactly. it's like you know joe rogan he's probably really smart because he has all these great guests on and they say all these amazing things and he just he just soaks it all in so that's what i'm doing yeah, yeah. uh so the last question k right that i have for you is let's say i'm a brand new airman i just graduated basic training or guardian just graduated basic training and I had the opportunity to sit down with K Wright. What kind of advice would you give this brand new airman or guardian about to step off on their journey? I think I would tell them maybe two things. One is be a dreamer. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. And two, I would tell them, take your time, right? Yeah. I think that it's important, man, to like we talked about earlier, to manifest what you want out of life, right? To decide that you know what you want to be, who you want to be, um, and then allow the universe, right? I'm a big fan of the alchemists. Once you decide your personal legend, you know the entire universe conspires to help you achieve it. So, so I so I really believe in that man. That when you're young, man, you should like reach for the stars, like dream big. You know, decide if you want to be the chief master of the air force or the president or, or or whatever. But then take your time on that journey because yeah. you might decide early that I want to be a doctor, and then you get to your first year in medical school, or you might decide early that you want to be you know the maintenance chief for the largest whatever. And then you get to tech school and you're like, well, I don't know the difference between a wrench and a screwdriver. So <laughs> maybe I'll try dental. Yeah. <laughs> right. And don't be afraid because, you know, my generation is where, you know, General Goldfin used to say, you know, our generation grew up and we wanted to climb the ladder of success. Right. Which was kind of straight up. Right. Once you, you go to college for something and then you get a job in it and you just keep doing the same thing for yeah. 100 years. And the new generation is more like monkey bars, right? Like, oh, cyber, this is kind of cool. Well, let me swing over here and try Intel. Ah, this, this seems right. Well, that didn't work. Let, let, let me try. You know, so I think I think young people should experiment and try different things until they land on, okay, here's here's what I like. I know it's not as easy in the military, right? You, you got to do, you can't just retrain. You can't just show up and be like, all right, this is cool. I'm, yeah. I want to do something else, right? But as much as you can, you know, and and it sounds kind of contrary, the two things that I'm saying, but I think it's really important, one, that you dream big, right? You you decide what it is that don't don't allow somebody else, don't live somebody else's dream. You decide what it is that you want to be, but take your time as you try to fulfill that dream, man. Don't don't you can't rush greatness, right? You know? Yeah. And and I, I would say the third thing is learn to embrace failure, disappointment doubt, you know, all that type of stuff, because it you need it. It's necessary for your growth. Now, when whenever I faced barriers, disappointment, doubt, setbacks, I, I was never sitting there saying, you know what, this is great for my growth. I'm glad that I didn't get this growth. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was saying to myself, man, shit, this this hurts. Like, wow, what 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 happened? It wasn't until later that I realized like, okay, yeah, this this I, I'm glad I went through that because now I'm I'm stronger, I'm better, and, and so I would you know the third thing is man learn to embrace the tough times because they just make you a better a better person. Yeah, I I 
honestly, I, w I wish you would, I would have been able to actually sit down and talk with you because you basically, you, you spelled it out perfectly for me. I mean, I, I just told you, I, I, I just got my bachelor's degree. I've been in for 16 years and uh, I went to college before I joined. So I had some schooling. Um, so I always wanted the, I always dreamed of having my bachelor's degree. That was a thing that I wanted to do, but I switched my major four times, uh, in the, over those 16 years. So yeah. you're right. Dream big. Um, but that, that big dream could change over time. And if you're taking your time to get there and you're not rushing into it, you might not realize, Oh, that initial dream, that big dream that I had, not necessarily what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, yeah you're right. I appreciate that. That's, that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, that's all we have. Uh, Kay Wright, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Yeah. Check, man. I appreciate it, brother. This is, uh, it's been fun, man. I, I enjoyed the, the conversation and uh, maybe we can do it again sometime, man. Let yeah, know. for sure. I would, I would love to. Um, yeah. And if you're ever, if you're ever in the area the Chicagoland area, you know, we've got some pretty decent golf courses out here. So, um, just have to, you got to yeah, find yeah, that, I, that right time. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'll, I don't mind playing in the cold, but I prefer playing in the, in the, in the summertime. Yeah. 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 You got a, a shortened window here in, in the Midwest, but, but when it is really nice, Oh, I mean, those golf courses are nice. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Well, Hey man, let's stay in touch. I'll, uh, I'll have, uh, Nikisha, I'll send over my my personal cell phone number and uh, just shoot me a text when you get it, man, so we can we can stay connected. And if I'm ever up that way, or if you're ever down this way, or if you just ever need anything, man, just just hit me up, bro. Sounds awesome. Well, thank you, K. Wright, again, ladies and gentlemen. That is the 18th Chief Master Sergeant in the Air Force, Khalith Wright, and this is the Air Power Hour. Take care, friends.